Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey, everybody out there, welcome to Positively Wrestling. I am Tim Kennard, and joining me as always, we have the heel to my baby face, the brain to my gorilla, the heat seeker to my just got futured endeavored, uh, Stephen Davidson. How are you doing, buddy? Well, you know, lately I've had hopes of winning the 24-7 championship, but I can't find the champion. Yeah, it's a, I, what is going on? So I was hoping by this show, I'd be able to say, oh, I'm doing great. I got a title, but nope. Sorry. Yeah. The milk cartons need to go out, man. Our truth pictures on it. I don't know what's mm-hmm. going on. We're going to talk about that a little later, get in depth, but uh, welcome back to the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Um, uh, we're going to start off with some big news uh, for us anyway. And uh, for our regular listeners, you guys too, we're going to be moving the show for what day it drops on and the day we record on now that they've, had a little shuffle of the nights that wrestling is on to help us be able to keep a little more current uh, with each of the shows. Uh, We are going to be moving to recording on Thursdays and dropping the shows on Fridays. This will happen on April, not April, sorry, May 7th, Friday, May 7th will be the first day that uh, our show will drop on Friday instead of Wednesdays. Um, We will have regular content for this week, of course, this show. And then next week we will have one of our bonus episodes up. Uh, Next week we'll have our regular show. I'm sorry. Next week's our regular show. Excuse me. Then the following week we, on our normal day of Wednesday, we'll be dropping our special episode uh, about celebrities and wrestling. And then that Friday will be the, new show yeah so. the new day for the regular yeah. show new day for the regular show new, so. new day for the old show adventures of old christine or something yeah something like that but right uh <laughs> we'll be tweeting about it we'll be putting it on facebook to make sure everybody knows as well but we just wanted to convey that again thank you to everybody that's listening uh let's well, we don't know how to cover nxt that's the yeah. issue <laughs> we that's don't know how to deal. cover nxt right now because we're going to talk a little bit about it but by the time you hear this, it, it's two episodes ago. And then tonight's episode. We're not going to have or, anything to talk. We don't know what's happening yet. So <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, we know Zoe Stark is facing Saray and I'm excited for that, but yes, you know, we don't know what happened. So um, this was kind of necessitated by what we want to cover. Um, and so we're doing it to uh, make sure the show stays as high quality as possible. Yes, indeed. Uh, but speaking of that, let's jump into our, famous infamous i don't know our awesome three count segment um it was my challenge this past week of course last last challenge was yours which was your favorite um broadcaster interviewer type person and um i kind of extrapolated on that and said okay let's do our three favorite interview segments so the, the the one qualification i think that we actually set out it didn't necessarily have to be backstage but it had to be someone basically interviewing someone yeah so um that was the only criteria but uh let's hear your number three what you got for me i did decide to stick purely backstage just to keep it as as 
strict to how you worded it as possible. So um, even though I I was asking about them, we're not going to get anything like Piper's Pit or or the Funeral Parlor, nothing like that on my list. So purely backstage. And so for number three, I went with The Rock at WrestleMania 14 with Jennifer Flowers, where he coins smell what I'm cooking. It's ah. the first time he mentioned it, first time he said it. And I'm not going to say this was the coming out of the rock character. He'd been building it up to that point. But for me, this was the first time he really stood out as being probably better than anybody else on the mic at the time um, and being just so unique and so different. And I remember we were watching that and we all laughed out loud when he asked Jennifer Flowers if she could smell what he was cooking. Um and it was kind of the beginning of The Rock as being a, a, a major, major star for for me, at least. He hadn't been world champion yet. He was intercontinental champion at the time. So, <laughs> so he wasn't at the top yet. But I think this promo for me is what really started to kick it in high gear. Yeah. Um, you, you think about The Rock and just how many phrases he got over. <laughs> yeah. Everything I mean, he said got over. Everything yeah. he said became a phrase, basically. It doesn't matter what your name is. Uh, the, I mean, they named a show after <laughs> SmackDown. Yeah. It's now a word recognized in the dictionary. <laughs> Oxford English Dictionary, yeah. And it's all thanks to The Rock. I mean, yeah. the man oozes charisma. Um, definitely, if not the best one of the top two, three talkers ever yeah, uh, in the to, industry. To say otherwise just strips you of any credibility. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If he's not in your top three, uh, you're, I don't know yeah. if you're stuck, you might be stuck in the eighties or the night or, or yeah. the early nineties. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, great, great choice for number three um, for my picks. And like I said, when we get, unfortunately to my um, number one, uh, You'll have to tell me if I'm skirting my own rules. We'll see. <laughs> All right. But my other, my first two do are the exact same way. They are backstage segments. Um, and this one, and again, I'm all about the entertainment. And this one is just one of the most infamous uh, backstage interview slash promos ever. <laughs> and uh, in an interview, um, this particular, so I'm going to see if you, you, you have to know this. I'm going to quote just a little bit of it. And I know you're going to know what it instantly is. If not, I'm going to be shocked. And it is. So Samoa Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% <laughs> chance. And you got an eight and a third chance of winning at sacrifice. But then you take my 75% chance of winning. If he was to go one-on-one -on -one and then add 66 and two thirds percents, I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning at sacrifice. See, Joe, the numbers don't lie, and they spell disaster for you at sacrifice. That is some Scott Steiner math right there. You have to love it. It's from <laughs> May 1st, 2008 on Impact. Uh, yes, a TNA moment makes my list. Yeah. Because, oh, my God. <laughs> I, I, it didn't even occur to me. That one, I didn't even think of that one i'm the math teacher maybe that's why maybe <laughs> yeah. i maybe i blocked it out of my memory until somebody forcibly reminds me of it but yeah great choice that was the one i was like this one it might be on your list but i'm not sure just because i didn't think if you'd think of tna yeah um but yeah my god <laughs> that one is just too much um 
And I will call out because I went back and because I watched it again. And of course, you had Big Papa Pump, and then you had Little Papa Pump, which is Petey Williams yeah, <laughs> in the yeah, same gimmick. Yeah. And he just brought that gimmick back on Impact last week <laughs> uh. <laughs> in a backstage segment where he copies this exact interview. <laughs> It starts giving go. odds for a match that's coming up at their <laughs> pay-per-view this weekend. But yeah, that's my number two. It's too entertaining, too funny not to mention. I mean, my number let me, three. Let me tell you, in my line of work, I see math like this all the time when someone isn't prepared for a test. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you know. That's one of the dead giveaways. They just start making crap up. Uh, yeah, great, great choice. I can't believe it didn't occur to me. But you're right. I wasn't thinking impact. So yeah, uh, yeah. Great, great choice. And if you haven't seen that interview, please, please go look out it of your up. way. Please <laughs> go out of your way. Um, all right, number two. <laughs> the Rock. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on, <a> theme. <laughs> on SmackDown, January 24th, 2002, with the coach, where he makes the coach against <laughs> the Charleston. Yes. Yes. This this one almost made my list. This one almost made my list. Yeah, the Charleston because where were they? They were in Charleston. Charleston. And so it was only appropriate that if Coach wasn't gonna pay attention to what The Rock was saying, that he was thinking about maybe going dancing later. He should dance right there. And being in Charleston, he should do the Charleston. And he did, and he had way too much fun with it. (laughs) So the rock boots him out of of the camera shot and goes on with his business but um that that was probably the first one i thought of when you made the challenge uh (laughs) last week was coach doing that charleston and um i mean rock and coach rock rock almost made a second career out of embarrassing jonathan coachman um and uh that was probably the best instance of it yes oh my god it's such like i say i almost picked that one because it is so funny again With your number three, we talked about The Rock, the ultimate in charisma. Uh, I mean, look at his movie career. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the man can do it all. He's the highest paid movie star. Yeah. Uh, and the interactions he had with Coach, not only this one, were all pretty much gold. He yeah. just loved to give Coachman a hard time. And and uh, when we did the, the the broadcasters last week, Coach was close to being on my list. Huh? Yeah, I've always enjoyed him in the backstage uh, yeah. segments. He was always funny and a good, um, not foil, but I guess tool for everybody <laughs> to use for comedy. Um, but yeah, no, that's a great choice for number two. I like that I, one a lot. I, I almost went with Rock and Lillian Garcia. <sighs> that's another really good one. <laughs> yeah, asking her if she was, you know, wet with perspiration. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he, he didn't say it that way. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. But the double entendre was real. Yes. Um, but all right, my number two, um, going back for this one, mm-hmm. May 11th, 1987. Macho Man Randy Savage being interviewed by the one and only Mean Gene Okerlund, of course. And it's the one where he claims he is the cream of the crop. Oh, uh, yeah. Which I absolutely adore because it's classic macho mm-hmm. in all his glory. But then he keeps pulling out these little cups of coffee creamer <laughs> like a magic trick. It's like he's got his hand and you don't see it. And then he's, 
there it is. <laughs> it's like the reveal. <laughs> and he's got like three or four of them during the entire interview. And this is, of course, after WrestleMania three, and he's upset that he's not the Intercontinental Champion. And he's he's telling Jack Tunney, you're wrong. And, and I am the cream that rises to the top. And I'm talking about the World Championship, too. Um, and it's just such it's so macho and the little added bit of humor and he put he puts one of them in Mean Gene's breast pocket. <laughs> it's like you just keep that there. And then he at the very end he balances one on top of his head and it almost immediately falls off. It kind of startles him when it hits him on the shoulder. And he's like, "One balanced or balanced, it doesn't matter. <laughs> the macho man is coming." <laughs> and it's so so good. It's one of my all time favorite macho man interviews. I just love that one. Savage was so distinctive i mean no nobody much like the rock nobody else was ever like randy savage um certainly not on the microphone um and he did have a very understated sense of humor that he would he would lace a lot of his promos with he wasn't he didn't throw it in your face um but if you paid attention and watched and and really thought about what what he was saying it was definitely there so yeah good call have a macho man on your list All right. right. Number one for me, this is kind of a a cheat in that it's technically four interviews that took place on May 19th, May 26th, June 2nd, and June 9th of 1997, where Jim Ross interviewed Mankind for a four-part series. And it was it led to the evolution of mankind into the three faces of Foley. Foley. Um, I, I, for me, this is hands down the, the best backstage interview segment uh, or segments of all time. It was really one giant interview. They just aired it in four parts because it was so long. Yeah. Um, we were there on June 2nd, by the way. I don't know if you remember that, um, but you and I were there in Huntington, West Virginia for that role. Oh, that's um, right. yep. Um, so we got to see part of that as, as, uh, live. I don't know if you'd call that part live, but on the screen live. Um, but it, it, you know, it ends with Foley putting the mandible claw on Jim Ross. That's where part four ends. Um, but it really fleshed out the character and made him more than just some crazy guy. It gave him a human side. It gave him depth and it did lead to eventually becoming a face. Mm-hmm because he was sympathetic mm-hmm. and then led to dude love and the reemergence of cactus Jack and led to the Mick Foley that everybody knows and loves. It got him the, the, the four part mankind interview is what led to eventually him being known as more than just mankind in the WWF slash WWE. And uh, Jim Ross did a great job with it and uh, everything. It was just perfect. It was perfect. And it led to so much good stuff later on. Yes. I mean, you could say that this, uh, led to his world championship win yeah without this that probably doesn't happen no nah. um yeah what a great choice for number one um yeah i, I can't argue one bit that was a masterful interview um again so i mean so good and so long they, i mean they could have turned that interview into a dvd release yeah if they wanted to really uh because i'm sure there's stuff that didn't get aired <laughs> yeah but yeah, so a great choice at number one. Uh, I love that for you uh, with that one. And mine, again, okay, it skirts a little bit because this was um, 
Oh, and look at me not have the date. Okay, whatever. Uh, but it was in the lead up to WrestleMania 14. And Vince McMahon comes down to the ring, mic in hand, and introduces the world to the baddest man on the planet, Iron Mike Tyson. Tyson oh, yeah. and his entourage come down to the ring. Vince is doing like the little interview welcome thing. And a few moments go by and what happens? The glass breaks and out comes Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, gets in the ring and of course McMahon's like, Mr. Austin, why are you here? <laughs> and we get the spar between uh, Tyson and Austin and Tyson. You tell it first, he's just like a fan. So he's like, Stone Cold's in the ring. You know, he has a big smile on his face. He's like, yeah, all right. Stone Almost Cold. A cold Stone. Yeah, or Cold, yeah, cold Stone with Steve Austin. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, he opened his own line of creameries. Great ice cream. Yeah, I know. Um, yeah. Ours uh, closed. But, oh, yeah. <laughs> I think ours did, too. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, then Stone Cold eventually uh, says, you know, maybe you're not hearing me real well so i got a little bit of sign language so here's to you and gives him the double bird we get the shove from mike tyson and the bill to wrestlemania becomes super real um everybody plays their parts magnificently in this you got vince being vince and screaming you know you ruined it you ruined it i remember yeah you got the entourage getting in austin beating the trash out of one of them on the way out money flying out of someone's pocket because mike's crew and himself roll with just cash (laughs) in their pockets even on tv um so yeah pretty pretty awesome moment and again like i say kind of skirts it i don't know if it's technically an interview segment or not i would think so but I mean, what else were they what else was the idea right yeah it wasn't cause, a match because not necessarily a promo right i mean it kind of turns into that i guess you could say but it's more mm-hmm. of a more of a segment but um mm-hmm. but yeah so that's why it skirted a little bit but that moment just i mean everything that it led to within tyson coming out being part of dx then he's the enforcer. Then, of course, we get to Mania with Austin and Michaels, and he rips off the DX shirt, and there's the 316 after counting the three and Stone Cold winning the belt. So everything that this led to was just monumental. And one of the biggest celebrity interactions um, to date at the time and probably of all time. Um, oh, hands down. Just as far as influential, being yeah. influential. I mean, I, I think you could point to that. I mean, I remember, you know, the feeling of watching that live and it was absolutely electric and it was molten hot and everybody was talking about it. Nobody's talking about Nitro Mm-mm. the next day. Um, I, I think you can point to this as the the moment that started to turn the tide yep. for the Monday Night Wars. Um, now, I don't think that, uh, in fact, I know for a fact that, uh, you know, Raw didn't win that night, but it really started to get momentum back for WWF. Um, and it was a while mm-hmm. before, before, you know, they started winning regularly, but I think, um, I don't know without that promo or, or what, again, what are you going to call it? Without that segment, maybe it never happens. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. Awesome choice. Yeah. Even Eric Bischoff in interviews has said, you know, when he found out that that, that they were bringing Tyson in, he was like, Ooh, that's yeah. good. Yeah, and he's like that. That might compete, and it did. Um, yep. So yeah, that was that was our three count. My my challenge last week. What do you got for me? What's the big challenge for next week, sir? 
All right. Well, there's something we complain about a lot. Okay. And um, this is positively wrestling. So let's let's change our perspective a little bit. Okay. Okay. Let's look at this from the positive side. I want to know your top three favorite makeshift tag teams. Okay. Okay. So criteria, because otherwise we could just choose, you know, two people who team together once. That's yeah. not what we want. Here's the criteria. They need to have been tag team champions in whatever promotion that they were a team in. Okay. And before they were ever tag team champions, they each needed to have some sort of singles title. Okay. Okay. Doesn't have to be a world title. It could be a European or whatever, but just to establish that they were a single star. Okay. And then to establish that their team, even though they were made of single stars, was an actual team. Okay. That's the criteria. Okay. I like it. I like it. It's good. I like that's a good challenge. All right. I like it. Okay. So top three favorite makeshift tag teams. Yeah, I like it. That'll be our three count for next week. Let's jump into the show. And it's funny that you, you talk about we're positively wrestling and uh, we're going to do that spin on it because uh, I don't know about you, but I got a lot of heat coming when we talk about some of the stuff that's going on this week. Um, we're going to get right into it uh, at the very top of the show. WWE, uh, like clockwork, uh, did their, you know, release spring cleaning. Spring cleaning. And some of the names on here are, I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm dumbfounded, mm-hmm. honestly, um, to hear. I mean, some of them, okay, it's like, it make, I, I get some of them. I mean, you got to do yeah. this. I get it. It's a business. But, so, you know, like Mojo Rawley, hadn't been on TV forever. I get it. You're not used. And let's be honest, nobody really enjoyed it when he was. Yeah. Bo Dallas has been employed for like the past couple of years. We haven't seen him. Nothing's going on. Yeah. I get it. Um, and there's, you know, some more you can say for that, but then we get to the iconics. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I just don't get it. That just, I, <laughs> Billy Kay was over, over yes. like Rover. She was one of the best parts of WrestleMania weekend. We were but, all laughing out loud at her stick. Yes. During WrestleMania, all three of us that were that were here watching WrestleMania. She's got that over. And if you believe the reports, Kevin Dunn is enemy number one on this because he didn't get Billy Kay. And what they also say is that he saw a ceiling for her. I want to address that. Yeah. Maybe he did. Even if he did. So that doesn't mean you cut her loose. I mean, anyone who isn't eventually world champion hit a ceiling. Yeah. Jake Roberts hit a ceiling. Mm -hmm. We did a whole three count about people who never won the world title. The names we listed, Roddy Piper, Mr. Mm -hmm. Perfect, Mm -hmm. Ted DiBiase, Scott Hall. They all hit ceilings, but they added so much to the product. Uh, on every on every level so like you said these happen every year a week or two after wrestlemania so people stop pretending to be shocked when this day rolls around every wrestlemania yeah but it's not that the release has happened it's the fact that by releasing some of these people it says that they didn't have plans for them 
And how do you not have plans for Billy Kay and for Peyton Royce? And you know what? I'm going to throw Kalisto in there. Yeah. That was another one that was kind of shocking. He's like, he came back for one match over WrestleMania weekend and then see you later. And Chelsea Green, who never got a shot. Because of injury. So they just decided, okay, PC later. And in interviews since, she's talked about some of the stuff that she knew about that they had planned, or at least she thought, like being Charlotte's protege. And, you know, they, they kind of rushed her to the main roster from NXT. Yeah. So they obviously saw something. Right. And then they just decided, oh, and, and they, now the one thing I do hate is that they hide behind the excuse budget cuts. I'm like, okay, you're a publicly traded company. Your financials are public record now. Everyone knows that you're making more. The they, they literally made more the year of the pandemic than they had done the previous like two, three years. Mm-hmm. So your profits are up. What budget cuts? You're not spending money shipping these people all over the country to do house shows. You're not paying arena fees. You're not doing any of that. And even though you're losing that arena money, you're making up for it in all your advertising deals you've put on TV and with Peacock. So if you're gonna if you're gonna do this, I get it, but don't hide behind budget cuts. Mm-hmm. Be transparent. Be honest. Say, come out and say it. We don't know what to do with these people, so we're letting them go. Yeah, and that's what it comes out because I mean, they broke up the iconics. A, I thought a big mistake in the first place. They need women tag team. Yes, they broke up. <laughs> Like, if you don't know what to do with them, there you go. (laughs) It's like, come on. (laughs) It's like, because, I mean, this week we got two more recycled women's uh, tag team matches that we're going to talk about. Recycled that we've seen at Mm -hmm. least two or three times. Well, not Mm -hmm. tag matches, but the participants Mm -hmm. involving the two teams. Because one was tag, one was singles, but still. Um and that's going to get us hot too when we talk about those. <laughs> but yeah, and, uh, and and look at the SmackDown women's singles roster. Yeah, you've got Bianca, mm-hmm. Sasha, mm-hmm. Bailey, Bailey, Carmella. Mm-hmm. There's that's it. That's really what you got because that's it. You're saying everybody else is tag team over there, right? So it's like okay, you got four. Now, you want to put women and give them equal time you need to give them equal slots on the roster mm-hmm. and equal opportunity because nxt's women's division is putting the entire wwe to shame as far as how they utilize the number of women that they have right not saying that people there are better than you know sasha or bianca or anybody like that right. just saying that they the, the booking it. the booking they know how to use the time and let the women shine and the time they're given and showcase more than three or four people. Um, we, we talked just a few weeks ago when Zoe Stark made her debut. We said she didn't win, but that's all right. They just need to keep her on TV and let her keep giving performances. And what have they done? They have done kept that. her on TV mm-hmm. and let her keep, she's going to be on TV tonight for last night. Last night, for those of you listening on Wednesday, uh, against the debuting Saray. Yeah. Um, interesting choice. I don't know if that's the match I would have given Saray <laughs> for the, you know, but especially since Zoe just got her first win, but still the point I'm making is that they are showcasing their women and utilizing them properly on NXT. Yeah. Um, I, I, yeah. Yeah. Now the, the good side of this 
-hmm. is that all these people we haven't seen, we're probably going to get to see them regularly on television somewhere. Somewhere, yes. Now. And it could be a Drew McIntyre situation where they go and they they make a name for themselves and then they come back. Yeah. Um, I can definitely see that, certainly with the Iconics, mm-hmm. um, if nobody else. Samoa Joe, I kind of get it. I And I think a lot of this came down to Joe wants to wrestle. They won't clear him. So it's, and he just doesn't want to be an analyst anymore. Yeah. And a commentator. So it's more of a, okay, I don't really want to do this anymore. You don't want to put me in the ring. Let's just part ways. Yeah. And I can go ply my trade somewhere else. Yeah. Um, and I fully, I would be shocked if he's not in AEW as soon as the uh, uh, no compete is up. Yeah. So I, I would be shocked if he's not there. Um, we'll, we'll see Billy and Peyton. We'll see Billy and Peyton. Yeah, probably probably together. Somewhere. Yes. Um, I mean, if AEW is serious, they could put him there. They could go to TNA. They've got a women's they tag could. team v- division there that does pretty good. Yeah, that'd be fine. Um, and then of course, got to talk about Mickey. Yep. Uh, I'm 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 sorely disappointed in this. Um, and this might be a little bit more. In kind of like Joe, uh, is that Mickey can still go. Yep. Uh, she wants to. Yep. But they, for some reason, don't see her as a draw. They don't see her as someone that can get people over on TV. I don't, I truly don't understand it. Uh, I don't, I don't either. I mean, yeah, I, I don't necessarily think she should be a champion. Yeah, I'm not days. saying that she get you know, what I love to see her get another run. Sure. Uh would I be happy if she didn't win a title again? Sure. It, I I just want her to be able to perform because she's really good. And look, Bianca is she she just had a feud with Bailey before the one with Sasha. Mm-hmm. Um she had a feud with Sasha. That leaves Carmella. <laughs> and that's it. But for it a fresh looks feud. like as we're going to talk about later, it looks like she might be going back to another feud with Bailey. <laughs> yeah. Or so, continuing the one with Sasha. It's hard to tell from this past week's yeah, SmackDown. This week, um, yeah. It might go to a, a three-way type feud. Um, but the point being, she's going to run out of people to feud with very, very quickly. Yes. And uh, Mickey could have served a, a role there, could have could have played a part just to to give her somebody else to work with. So that we're not seeing the same matches and programs yeah. over and over and over within the course of six months. Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's again, this is the ongoing problem. And that's why some of these really confuse us because these names are people that they should be using 100%. Again, Joe is kind of the exception because, well, I mean, I think they should be using Joe, but I, I kind of get both sides. They're afraid because of the injury, but the last injury that he's been on the shelf for was their fault. It was the shooting of the commercial. I don't they, even remember what it was. What was it? Remember the commercial they put out? It was like, it must be Monday. And it was like the slow-mo of them being in, in moves. And Joe was being put through a table on the outside. Oh, wow. But they slow it down and kind of do the, the special effect where he's talking, you know, yeah. in yeah. Real time while his body's moving. So he's like, oh, must be Monday. He got hurt during that spot. It yeah, wasn't even in the ring. Yeah. 
And it's just like, ugh. I mean, the one thing I will say at least, um, because I always feel like, you know, when you have a, when you're independent contractors, you have a contract and then the company itself decides to terminate that contract. I think that should terminate your, no, your non-compete as well. I think so too. I'm not an expert in those things, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. I, I don't think there should be a non-compete if you're deciding to let that person go before the right. agreed upon time of the contract, then yeah. that should not be in there. They should be able to go if, do whatever if, they want. If they ask or if they break the contract, then that's different. But yes. if the company is doing it, I, I agree with you. Yeah. Now, the one thing I will say, they are paying them up through the 90 days, I believe, is what they said. Okay. They're still going to get paid. Uh, mm-hmm. that entire time until their non-competes up, I believe. Yeah. So at least there's that. Um, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, uh, it sucks every year that we get these releases, but we do know that they happen. And yeah. um, uh, again, uh, best wishes to all of the talent. I hope every one of them gets signed somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, and gets to still be happy and do what they love. And if um, they were truly not going to be used, then this will be better for them. Yes. It's just frustrating that some of these people weren't going to be used. Yeah, because they should have been. Yeah. So, yeah. again, booking, booking, booking. Uh, but anyway, let's 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 move past this. Let's get try to get into some positive stuff. Hey, okay, NXT two weeks ago, as we said, <laughs> two episodes ago. Yeah. But we had a, a title change. We got to talk about we it. We did. I and I didn't see this coming. Oh no. my goodness, this was kind of shocking. Yeah. Um, Escobar pretty much does basically like an open challenge thing, and out comes Kushida. And I'm like, uh, okay, okay, let's see. You know what's going on? And then boom, before I knew it, Kushida won. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, what? Yeah, <laughs> and, it, and it was a good match. I mean, it was. Yeah. It was a hell of a match, and I'm just really shocked. But uh, I'm happy. I like, I like Kushida. He he's growing I've, on me. I've really enjoyed. I enjoyed his match with Gargano, and I enjoyed his match with uh, Pete Dunn. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Pete Dunn. I'm choking on all the releases. Um, <laughs> and yeah, so I have no complaints here. It it. This is one of the first times to me that they've treated that I have felt like they've treated this title as being something important. Yes. I agree because a lot of people and, and throughout the years, it's, it's kind of always been that way. The cruiserweight title is just like, it's an there an afterthought. It's so that they have a belt for the, the smaller guys basically. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, Oh, to kind of give some excitement and Oh, here we have some title matches we can throw on like main event or two Oh five live, or, you know, whatever. Um, but they're really, it's like when Cena came out and started to make the U S championship, uh, important again with the open challenge mm-hmm. and he got that belt back to being meaning something and being yeah. important and that's what it feels like with this um, so I really really hope they kind of continue this uh, I mean we already had like uh, Devlin kind of congratulating but also challenging him in the back in the interview mm-hmm. segment um, so they could run with this for a couple months between Kushida Devlin and Escobar well and by the time you're listening to this we might have a new champion again. It's very Kushida's, true. Kushida's doing an open challenge yeah. on tonight's episode or last night's episode. Uh, this is why we're moving days. Yes. So, um, <laughs> so who knows what happened by the time you're hearing this, but uh, it was it was an exciting moment uh, two episodes ago. Yes. For sure. Yeah. Loved it. Uh, speaking of things, uh, I think we both loved, I was over the moon for this. I thought this was absolutely fantastic. It is my favorite moment from last week. 
And that is Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai come out to the ring and Raquel's kind of, you know, putting over uh, when she started, how hard she's worked, uh, how much help Dakota has been to her career, uh, putting over Io Shirai being the tough competitor that she is. Uh, And then we get uh, Frankie Monet shows up, a.k.a. Taya Valkyrie, to kind of say she's here and she's going to be gunning for, you know, kind of neat little introduction. And it's like, okay, nice little interview segment. And then barely Frankie gets out of the ring and brutality starts and out comes Rhea Ripley. And it's like, oh, my God what's going on? What, what are we doing with the booking here? I'm like, what, what, what's happening? And she gets in and they kind of look at each other. They clink the belts, big old hug. Congratulations. I'm like, Oh, that's really cool. And I didn't even think about it. And then I heard the hair whip and I was like, ah, okay. Out comes Bianca. And they show the picture of the three of them starting out in, in you know, in their lot like from like a year ago, two years ago. And from that to where they are now, all three champions kind of celebrating in the ring. I just thought it was a great moment, uh, an awesome picture painting kind of moment. It was just really awesome. Yeah. And it was uh, another NXT celebration of the women. Yes. What we were talking about, giving them another moment, um, even to women who aren't on their roster anymore, but who made their names Mm -hmm. on NXT. And so, you know, letting them have a moment to, to celebrate their, success their mutual success it was good and it establishes the women as being important on nxt and i loved it yeah it was absolutely fantastic um again can't say enough about it i just thought it was amazing um then we get to some some interesting things that happened uh we shoot backstage and roderick strong is in regal's office with uh is it uh is it shafir that he's uh, yes. Yes. Uh, uh, right. Yeah, I, yeah. I believe they're, they're married. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she's backstage with him and we hadn't seen her in forever, uh, except right. for the dusty tag team classic. I think she was in. Um, yeah. Where she wasn't teaming with Chessam and Duke. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like the only time we hadn't seen her for months before that. Yeah. Um, but he says he has to do it and he hands him an envelope, uh, presumably with his resignation in it. And he's, and he's done with NXT and even Regal says, you know, I hate to lose you, but I understand the door's always open to you. So, huh. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Is Roderick getting called up? Yeah. Or, uh, or, or is he actually leaving? <laughs> like, I, um, yeah. Um, or is it a swerve? Well, it's just like, if he's actually leaving, why give it TV time? Why wasn't he just in the, we've come to terms with Roderick strong and mm-hmm. his release. Right. Um, wish him all the best in future endeavors. Um, so there's, it's gotta be something, there's something it's gotta be in house. I don't think Roderick's done. Um, he is a good wrestler. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't know. This is, I, I'm assuming this is grooming for the main roster. That's the only thing I can really think of. I just, I don't think they would, again, put on TV losing somebody like Roderick Strong, you know, and and, and call attention to it. Mm-hmm. I think that that's when you just kind of let fade into the the sunset. Yeah. Um, 
Unless they had an idea to make it part of somebody else's story. Yes. Now it's possible Um, this, this could always, it could always, because he's, you know, he said the door's always open to you. Maybe Roderick needs a break. mm -hmm. Yeah. It could just be that. It could just be a family thing. Like he and, and Marina, you know, taking vacation or maybe they want kids. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. They may have kids. I'm not even sure, but, um, but yeah, so this could be something like that. We don't know. That's the thing is we're, we're really, in he's the dark like, about all this. He's not like Heath Slater. He yeah. doesn't advertise it. Yeah. Um, and who knows by the time uh, tomorrow rolls around and we've seen NFT. <laughs> right. Yeah. Maybe you all know. <laughs> maybe maybe it was all a swerve and he's attacked somebody and he's here. Yeah. Um, it, it just it felt so sincere. It felt very earnest. Yeah, and not it wasn't presented the way that these sorts of things are normally presented. So, but that's yeah. good. Yeah, it's good. It was something different, and something different. It's, it's got us talking and wondering what's going to happen. So, and uh, what, that's good. And maybe you know, if they are sending Adam Cole up, maybe they're going to send Roderick with him. Mm-hmm. Who knows? We'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, next, we had in the area of a little bit of comedy and an ongoing storyline that tickles me, uh, and that is the uh, Indy Hartwell and Dexter Loomis uh, budding romance or infatuation. Uh, we had the six man or was it eight man tag. Uh, yeah, it was the yeah, it was an eight man, right? Eight man, yeah, because everybody was involved. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. and. <laughs> She fakes getting hurt, so Loomis will pick her up and take her out uh, from ringside, just leaving the match. And he uh, showed genuine concern. Yes. So, what? And like, what does this spell for the rest of the? Are we breaking Indy Hartwell away from the way? Um, who knows? It, it was very. It reminded me so much of SummerSlam 1992 and Sensational Sherry when Shawn Michaels took on Rick Martel and uh, she was playing both sides and they were both competing for her and she faked passing out. And so they were taking turns trying to carry her to the back. (laughs) But one of them, anytime one of them was carrying her, the other one would hit him from behind so that he could pick her up and then carry her and then he'd get hit from behind. And she kept getting dumped to the floor. That's, That's what I was thinking about the whole time very <laughs> it was very sherry martel yes um so i'm very eager to see where that's going hopefully get more for from that tonight um, indy is another one who's maximizing her minutes yes yes she's doing great with the character she puts little touches in it subtle little touches and she is in the ring but out. she doesn't necessarily have to be she's able to get this over without having ring it's you know it's a story whether she's in the ring or not right doesn't matter yep um but yeah, so NXT two weeks ago, great show. Very entertaining. It was. It was a good show. Um, let's move on to AEW uh, from last week. And a lot going on there, too. Uh, they start the show. We got the Young Bucks in a tag team match against Pac and Phoenix. And that title match. It's the one that uh, yep. Pac and Phoenix earned yes. at the pay-per-view. Yes, yes. Um, and... Uh, this was, I mean, a fast, frenetic match, as they tend to be. Um, did you hate it? <laughs> Probably. I'm going to be real, and I mentioned this to you before <laughs> before we went on the air. I had just a few hours before gotten my second 
vaccination shot and I was feeling fine at the time. The next day, not so much. I was feeling fine, but I don't remember a whole lot from, from uh, AEW. So um, I probably hated it. Okay, I <laughs> but I think I was starting to kind of zone out a little bit. It was a very entertaining match. If you're into that fast frenetic style that Steven is not super fast into. Fast and frenetic is fine. I just also need it to be believable. Yeah, like non-leg slapping, getting up from crazy moves at one yeah. counter, no <laughs> selling them. Uh, no, no moves that obviously require your opponent's cooperation. Yeah. I hate so. that as much as anything. Yeah. But yeah, but it was interesting. And, uh, and the Young Bucks retained. They end up winning. Um, uh, I, I do, but they he he ripped off the mask. Yeah, so he, he ripped, ripped off Phoenix's mask. So Phoenix's mask. I did like that character stuff. Yeah, uh, so Phoenix, you know, covering his face, trying not to be seen. Um, so just kind of cementing young bucks are heels. Mm-hmm. And they even had a spot where they you thought they were going to super kick the camera guy, and they don't. But Don Callis does, just because he has <laughs> to get some shine, I guess. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but... Um, Next thing, uh, Statlander back in action, actual action in a match. Um, and I, I'm blanking on her opponent, but it was a decent match. She got the win. Um, she it was basically win. a you know a match just to get it, her a win, to get her yeah, over, get her a win. She's back, you know, she's back from injury. Show, hey, she's ready to go. Um, could she be Sheeta's next challenger? Yeah, I mean, they were alluding to the fact that she is the last one who beat Sheeta. Nobody's beaten Sheeta since Chris Statlander, and they mentioned that on the air. Um, so it feels like they may be setting up for that for next soon. Time. Yeah, because tonight we have uh, Sheeta and uh, Taya Conti. Yes, uh, which I'm which I'm looking forward to. Forward to. Oh, yes. hey, well, okay, all right, all right, you right. Coke. Oh, dang it! I'll <laughs> I'll ship it to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right. But yeah, so I would be totally down for a Sheeta Statlander program or a Statlander Ty Conti program and then, you know, Sheeta down the line. Uh, somewhere down the line, they are going to be wrestling. That's definitely, I think, what they're setting up is that it's coming. Yeah. Um, I don't know that, you know, Ty is going to get that nod and take the belt off Sheeta. I, I don't think so. But think it, it's a good showcase for, for yes, Ty Conti, though. I'm looking definitely. forward to, to the match. And I think it'll be pretty good because. She's she's improving quickly. Yes, um, but yeah. So uh, looking forward to uh, all that. <laughs> the match uh, that happens tonight, and then future matches involving uh, Statlander and Sheeta, I'd be totally down for. And I do like what they're doing with Britt Baker. Uh, she's not on here, but I did want to. I did want to talk about this uh, with you know we talk about how she should be kind of up there, and now she's you know she's like I'm going to do these matches. I'm going to get these wins and i'm gonna sit by and all these other people are gonna get losses and i'm gonna get these wins and i'm gonna just crawl up and i'm gonna be the number one contender i'm gonna get that title match uh even though she's a heel i just like the approach mm-hmm. um this is approach wwe should look at for one of their performers which we'll get to a little later mm-hmm. um but uh anyway but yeah so real excited with all that stuff with the women there in uh, aw also a uh, great match between uh red velvet and uh, jade cargill um cargo picked up the victory it was a, a good mm-hmm. back and forth match i wanted to specifically call it out because there was a move i hadn't seen uh especially done in a women's match i don't know that it's been done in a men's match but um jade cargill did a um uh what 
Now I'm going to a fallaway slam mm-hmm. on the outside, throwing red velvet into the crowd over the. Oh barrier. yeah, yeah. And I was like, whoa! That one made my jaw drop a little bit. So I thought that was pretty awesome. Wanted to give it a little bit of love on the show. Uh, the women kind of knocked it out of the park this week on AEW. Yeah, was that uh, was that uh, red velvet's first AEW loss? Maybe. I think it might have been. It might have been at it least in a single setting. Yeah, well, and, and that actually is what kind of led to Britt Baker's interview thing where she's like, you know, they're just stacking up losses and mm-hmm. our record's going to be better. Yeah. Um, so it kind of ties all in. Uh, but then last thing I uh, talk about on, uh, well, I guess last two, we did leave one other thing off, but that's okay. Uh, we'll get there. Allen, uh, Darby Allen taking on Matt Hardy uh, for the TNT uh, championship. And uh, Allen's able to retain. With a um, crazy coffin drop. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, what was crazy about this one? It was like on the outside, right? He did it from, uh, he jumped off of, um, I'm trying to remember through my, through my haze, <laughs> uh, what he, what he jumped off of. It was like a 20 foot drop or something. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. It was way up there. Um, yeah. But yeah. Crazy spot fest on that one. Uh, Alan, of course, retaining. Um, but yeah. And this is kind of what I was alluding to the, the, what Matt Hardy is being used for is the kind of thing that Mickey James could be used for. Yes. Hardy's not winning titles, no, but he's still in main events and he's making the, the new crop of stars look good. Yeah. He's putting people over and I, and that's what Mickey would, I don't think Mickey's sitting there saying, I want to run with the belt again, but right. You know, I can, she can easily be a challenger for a champion. Yeah. I mean, they screwed up the whole thing with her and Oscar. That was just, yeah, they should have they yeah. should have revisited that for sure. But, but anyway, yeah. So yeah, she could easily do that. And I would be fully expecting her to be doing that in either AEW or TNA as soon as that mm-hmm. non-compete is up. Yeah. Um <clears throat> so let's uh the other thing I want to say, of course, we had uh Mike Tyson, of course, on the show again. Oh yes. And he was the special enforcer, and it started off you had uh MJF and Pinnacle trying to kind of woo Mike to be part of their crew and join them. And he wasn't, he just wasn't having any of it. Uh, and he's with the inner circle, but he says, I'm going to call this down the middle. Cause we have Jericho versus um, Dax Harwood in a one-on-one and he's the uh, enforcer. And he does, he, 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 he does it right down the middle. Uh, Jericho tries to use a chair. He takes that away from him, says no. Um, members of Pinnacle try to interfere uh, he says no, but then also they get cut off by the inner circle. And uh, there at the end, like some shenanigans are going on and Mike Tyson gets involved. And I, I tell you what, I don't know if this is one of the, the best worked punch spots in the history of wrestling or if uh, Cash Wheeler took a jawful of Mike Tyson fist. Because, <laughs> wow, it looks brutal. Yeah. So either Mike is the greatest puncher alive and knows how to pull at the exact right time, and he could. I'm not taking that away from the man, but man, did it look like he just rocked the heck out of Cash Wheeler. <laughs> One way or another, it was a good spot. Yes. Um, but yeah, I wanted to call that out because hey, we just, we talked in the three count talking about Mike, and he's still doing it today, putting his mark on there. And again, AEW, and and, and you know what? Let's talk about the ratings. 
just real quick because yeah. mm-hmm. you know we had them on separate nights both shows saw an increase yep in viewership which i think is outstanding um and congratulations to aew breaking a million they were up to like 1. Yep. 1. 1.2 million 1.2 yeah and then uh nxt had eight hundred thousand. yeah something yeah so they were up like two hundred and fifty thousand viewers from like previous yep. week i think and uh and then AEW was up about the same amount of viewers. So, mm-hmm. um, so real good stuff. Hey, that's what we want. We want everybody to get more viewers, have more success. You don't have to compete. And I, if you noticed, it kind of helped AEW change a little bit of the format of their show because they didn't start with a match right off the top like they had been doing every single night. Mm-hmm. Kick off of the match, get the action so you stay with them and don't flip channels. Right. They were like, we don't have anybody. We don't have to worry about them switching channels. So we can start with a little interview segment with the Bucks and get that yeah. going. Let that roll into the match. So yeah. I think that's going to do uh, big things for them as well. Yeah, being able to adjust that format. But let's get up to SmackDown, and uh, we have Roman at the top of the show. You know, cutting his WrestleMania win promo. You know, packed them, stacked them, pin them leave whatever that little new slogan he has and rack them stack them um and uh cesaro steps up and i like this i like this a lot i even like how they did this to where roman just kind of leaves the ring doesn't even really acknowledge cesaro cesaro and this pisses cesaro off so he goes straight back to um pierce and says i I want him in a match. It doesn't even have to be for the title. I don't care about that. But he disrespected me. And, and no, no, no. <laughs> I've won at WrestleMania. I'm making my mark. I want him in the match. Make it happen. Um, and the match does happen. But unfortunately, it's uh, and it is the main event. But it's with main event, Jey Uso. <laughs> yeah. Which is fine. Jay, I'm loving Jey Uso. And they're using this kind. I feel bad for him just because he is there to basically be the mini boss that yeah. he beat to get to the big boss. So he's yep. just taken a lot of losses. He did get that, the nice nod for his work in getting the Andre, the giant more about a Royal win. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, he just, he's getting beat a lot. <laughs> That's just how it goes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it led to that match later in the night. And, uh, and then we had Seth Rollins coming out. We're going to further this Cesaro thing. It looks like. Yeah, I don't know. I know that uh, a lot of people, myself included, have been waiting a long time for Cesaro to get a world title program. Yes. Um, he, he may not win it. Yeah. Uh, and that's okay. Um, but he has definitely deserved this spot mm-hmm. for a very, very long time. Um, and so whatever the final outcome, look, everybody can't be champion. No matter how much you love someone, not everybody can be champion, right? Um, yeah. The the belt is not Wilt Chamberlain. It doesn't go home with everybody. Right. So <laughs> he may not win the title ever, but at least he's getting a shot in the main event with Roman Reigns. And you know what? I'll take it and I'll be happy with that. And as, as we alluded to earlier, some of the greatest wrestlers we have ever seen in this industry have gone without a world title. Yeah. So if everybody gets it, the title doesn't mean anything. It's not special anymore. Yeah. And again, just because you win a title doesn't make you one of the best wrestlers ever. Definitely not. 
Yeah. It, it's a prop. Remember that people, it is a prop. It means what you put into it mm-hmm. and how it's presented. But yeah, I am so ready for Cesar to have this, this program. I am a little miffed that, and I guess maybe it's just for WrestleMania backlash. You know, they can just throw that on there. So maybe Roman isn't defending at May at, at WrestleMania backlash. Maybe what are you did. suggesting? I'm not sure what you're getting at. Well, maybe if we revisit uh, Cesaro versus Rollins, oh, uh, for WrestleMania well, payback. You know, maybe, maybe we do that at this pay per view. Maybe he just beats Rollins again. To, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we'll, we'll get there. We're gonna get there. We may be just yeah. taking a slight detour to get past backlash, basically. Yeah, and then we can move in uh, to the that program for the summer, which mm-hmm. would be great. Yeah. Um, Again, yes, we don't so. want to rush through everything. No, 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 no. Be like the women's division and be out of options within a matter of weeks. I like long-term <laughs> storytelling too. Yeah. It's like if you can do it right, which SmackDown has seemed to have be the better product, right? Uh, for I mean, at least since the beginning of the year. <laughs> yeah, probably before then, but yeah. So I, I'd say over the last year. Yeah, more than Easily. likely. Yeah, yeah, other, uh, yeah. Because raw, other than a few highlights like Oscar, Oscar, mm-hmm. r- really. <laughs> Can't mm-hmm. compete with some actors. And, you know, Alexa and Bray. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, so. Speaking of Cesaro, though, I, I had to wonder, and, and celebrities and wrestling, are, are, are we gearing up for a crossover with the X-Files? <laughs> because, holy crap, there were a lot of UFOs on SmackDown. Unidentified flying objects. Like every commercial break, they went back and showed the UFO from WrestleMania. I swear they showed it like 12 times <laughs> and called it the most impressive feat in WrestleMania history. That's what they called it. Okay. Do we not remember Hulk Hogan body slamming Andre the Giant? I know. It's like, come <laughs> on. Like, it was cool. He's done it before. Yeah. It's been a while but he's done it before. So we had this UFO invasion on SmackDown. I began to wonder if they moved the Thunderdome to area 51. (laughs) They showed it constantly through the night. Like this is all we have. This is the only hat we have to hang on Cesaro. (laughs) Is this one move. Oh man. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. So yeah. X-Files coming soon to uh smackdown uh, <laughs> this week probably <laughs> but as we alluded to earlier of course we had a great segment um kind of like with nxt in fact that they were just celebrating the big win you, you had the street profits in the ring uh of course because montez ford the real life husband of bianca belair um and they are there to celebrate her big historic win and they show this phenomenal promo package kind of recapping the journey and like we've always said they have some of the best production people in entertainment period they put together stunning stunning promotional pieces like this agreed yeah, and vignettes and packages and yeah. yeah and i especially love when they came back for it you you got to see the street product and you could see the look on their faces it was genuine Mm-hmm. that they were moved by watching this and, and welling up with emotion. And of course they bring out uh, Bianca 
and uh, she gets to have that moment. Wish fans could have been there for this, yeah. uh, much like the NXT thing. At least NXT has, you know, the kind of crew around the mm. ring, but to, a live reaction would have been great to this. Um, they were yeah. there for the match, though, so that's good. Yeah, um, but I really loved that little piece, but then, of course, we do move back into the interview with Sasha backstage, who kind of just gets mad and storms off, mm-hmm. and then Bailey steps in, and you know says that you know she should be um you know uh, taking on bianca and so might be setting up a triple threat who knows we don't know where we're going to go from here could sasha and bailey reunite they are both kind of heelish right Mm -hmm. now um so yeah but that also it's like they're going to be tag champs. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. Gonna, are they, are, are they the next Naya and uh, Shayna? Um, I'm not saying they should. I'm just saying, I know WWE. <laughs> yes. Yeah. That's, and yeah. so it's not, should they, it's, will they will reunite? They? Yeah. Or when will they reunite? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And, cause, cause it's like, well, uh, we got to take Sasha out of the title picture for now. Okay. Uh, Okay, uh, Carmella is going to go challenge Bianca. Okay, so Sasha and Bailey are going to put you back together. <laughs> right. uh, you're going to be women's tag team champions for two weeks until <laughs> we get because to this we program. need more women's tag teams. If only we had more options. Yeah, it's not like we just released a perfectly mm-hmm. built tag team called the Iconics, or okay. have one already called the Riot Squad. Yes, or the Riot. Yeah, the Riot Squad. Come on. By the way, I'm glad Nikki Cross escaped. Yes, the releases that did occur to me. Yeah, and that uh, Nikki's still around. So hopefully, wait, I, 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 we haven't seen her in so long. I forgot what roster she's on. She is Here. Raw. Okay, I'm All pretty right. sure she is Raw. Well, they need to move her to SmackDown then, because they're not using her on Raw, and SmackDown needs people. Yeah. Now, granted, she was taking a break there for some schooling, and, and yeah. we did see her at the Hall of Fame ceremony and over WrestleMania weekend. Yeah. Um, in some interview segments. Um. Oh, that's right. She was on Raw doing the stuff with Alexa. Duh. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah. And I almost think maybe she will be brought back and be the first one. Alexa goes the new, the new Alexa goes Mm -hmm. full uh, Lily (laughs) or there are whispers that Mia Yim could pop up on SmackDown. Actually, I've read that that is it's, it's a hundred percent. She is moved to SmackDown. And, okay, and and supposedly we may see her as soon as this week. Okay, that would be great because I think she and they said that possibly um, Mace or not Mace is it Mace? No, uh, Slapjack. Slapjack. Yeah, Shane Thorne. Yep. Yeah, I think he is going to SmackDown as well. Okay, uh, and well, that's that would they, be good. They need Mia Yim to go over there, and she needs to just yep. be HBIC. Yeah, let her be Mia Yim. Let her do something with Carmella. Yeah. Start her there. Give Carmella something to do. Let's have some non-title based women's programs. Yes. And um, don't put don't put uh Miriam right into a title feud where she either has to win the title before people are used to her or lose and have nowhere to go but down. Yes. So yes, please put her in a singles pro- or let her do a singles program against Ruby Riot or Liv Morgan. If you're not going to use them as a tag team, let's get them mm-hmm. some singles matches. Come on. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, don't thrust her right into the title picture, please. It would probably kill the momentum. 
yeah. one way or the other. It's a bad habit they have. <laughs> yes. Um, so uh, excited to see that. But speaking of the women, again, with SmackDown, and um, so we had a singles match. We had, which we've, we've seen before, uh, Natalia versus Shayna. And uh, what happened in this match? There's I was asking myself that question. Shayna yeah. loses again. again. Quickly. Let's remind everyone about Elimination Chamber. <laughs> again. Again. Where she without really breaking a sweat, <laughs> defeated five other top women. He's handily, just bam, done. Inclu- including Asuka. Including Asuka. <laughs> and, and, and now she's, lo- she's literally losing every week. Yeah. Every week. And it's but, because they don't want Naya to lose. Yeah. That's why. Yeah, and that's so stupid. Stupid. <laughs> but they shouldn't want Shayna to lose either. There yeah. are other ways to build tag team programs besides having your 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 individual tag team members lose singles matches. Yeah. I mean, I would prefer it be, you know, something happens as a count out loss or something, but the taking yeah. pinfalls. Yeah. Come on. But yeah. We're gonna we're gonna put a pin in that because we're gonna come back to it. Yeah, we <laughs> we're are. gonna come back to it. Uh, let's take a break and, and listen to some stardom news. What is going on in the world of stardom, Steve? All right. Well, for the most part, all eyes are on April thirtieth and the second part of the Cinderella tournament. But we've got a few other things going on. Um, Momo, Watanabe, and Izumi are uh, the next challengers for the the. Um, goddesses of stardom tag team championships they battled current champions julia and shuri to a time limit draw rossi's favorite thing and uh as a result they are getting a tag title shot um you know me and how i love me some momo so i I like seeing momo get title shots although (laughs) they are rossi ogawa has fallen into a bad habit with momo where She's basically somebody's first challenger and loses. It happened with B Priestley when she was the SWA champion. It happened with Utami when she first won the red belt. It happened when she and Azumi actually won the tag league championship tournament, not, not a championship, but won the tag league tournament in the fall, earning a championship shot against Utami and Saya Kamitani, basically their first title defense momo lost and now the first title defense of julia and shuri as well so mm. guess what's gonna happen momo's <laughs> gonna lose and i'm getting very frustrated with this um but that's what's going to happen and so uh i mean it's it basically donna del mondo and oedo tai are the the two units that are really being pushed to the moon right now and everybody else is taking a backseat um and that's just the way it is in stardom at the moment so Mm -hmm. i guess just have to if 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 you're a big fan of people in other units just kind of got to weather that storm right now i guess (laughs) and uh, eventually we'll come out on the other side of it um but yeah so that's coming up i don't know when yet but uh that's gonna happen um we talked about death and how uh (laughs) not death as an idea but the wrestler 
Gokigan Death, who was forced to join Oedo Tai mm-hmm. and uh, changed her name to Fukigan Death, which is Bad Mood Death, from Happy Death to Bad Mood Death. And um, she was in the first round of the Stenrail tournament and didn't yeah. think to mention it last week. And she had a match with uh, with Mayu, and uh, Oedo Tai brings Fukigan Death out on uh, basically a leash, and she's all sad. And then the bell rings, and she goes nuts on Mayu and fully embraces the Oedo Tai, mm-hmm. the Oedo Tai philosophy. Um, ends up losing the match, but uh, Mayu was taken aback by her former friend, just going nuts on her. And uh, they pulled back on that a little bit. They're still doing the, they bring her out on the leash. And once the bell rings, she, she's not, she didn't seem as happy about it in recent matches as she was in that match as enthusiastic, <laughs> but she's still embracing the Oedo tie. It reminds me a lot of Jet Li's Unleashed. And I have to wonder if that's where they're getting the inspiration for this hmm. is the Jet Li Unleashed movie, which basically was Lilo and Stitch. Yes. Um, I don't know if people realize that. I, I, when I first watched that movie, I was like, I've seen this movie before. And then, oh, it's Lilo and Stitch. Um, but that's what it's reminding me of. Um, Lady C, who came in, I don't know, six months ago, maybe-ish, mm-hmm. uh, has yet to win a match. Uh, that's standard fare for, for new talent in stardom. Uh, again, Mayu Watani went through a year of that where she didn't win a match. Now she's the icon of stardom. So it's normal, but uh, she doesn't have a unit yet. And I've been saying that I feel like she's going to end up with cosmic angels. Uh, they only have three people, Tom Nakano, um, my, uh, I almost said Mayu, um, Mina Shirakawa and Unagi Sayaka. And so they're outnumbered by all yep. the other ones. And uh, last two shows, she's had singles matches with Mina and with Unagi. And both of them getting much needed singles wins. Um, so I'm beginning to wonder if maybe that's about to happen. If Lady C's uh, about to, in, in the not too distant future, end up with them. Because she needs to go somewhere. They need more people. Uh, the thing is, both Unagi and Mina, generally, as singles competitors, have been presented as not very good. <laughs> um, they, they lose. Now, Unagi did get her first singles win. You saw it, too, in yep. the Cinderella tournament, uh, beating Natsuko Tora from Oreto Tai, the leader of Oreto Tai. Mm-hmm. And so that was good. And then she got a second one over Lady C. Ah, yep. So that's good. And Mina got a win over Lady C as well. And uh, that's good because, you know, if she joins Cosmic Angels, Tom Nakano can't be the only winner in the group. Right. Like, we, need, we need some singles credibility for someone besides Tom Nakano in this group. So uh, they need to build Mina and Unagi up and then bring Lady C in. Basically, all the units have at least one person, maybe two, who kind of takes all the losses for the team. And so uh, that could be Lady C's role for, for the time being once Mina and Unagi have a little more credibility. But I see that happening. I haven't heard anything. Um, I don't even know where to go to hear things about stardom. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just speculating. But, uh, you know, I called it. When I said I thought Tom was going to leave Stars and form her own unit, and that's exactly what happened. So uh, just kind of by reading into what I'm watching play out on television, uh, that's the feeling I'm get I'm getting. So, but other than that, uh, they're just kind of biding their time until Cinderella tournament late at the end of next week. Excellent, 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 excellent. Uh, let's roll right into Raw. Um, just a few things to talk because again, Raw was not great this week. Uh, let's be very honest. I will say. 
the report came out. McMahon missed the creative meeting in the morning, arrived late to pre-production for the night show and still changed a bunch of stuff on the fly. Um, and I, you have a week. <laughs> it's like, how right, do you not right. know? How do you not know you want to? Cause we got a match that was advertised, got switched. Yeah. And we didn't get it. Um, so yeah, We're supposed to have what Randy Orton versus Braun. Yeah. And that got scrapped and Randy Orton, Gets uh, a kind of a, a scoot, we'll say a scoot by, by Riddle, uh, and that he's like, I don't know who that guy is, but I want to wrestle him. <laughs> he's like, I don't even know what his name is, blah, blah, blah. And then loses to him, <laughs> which I thought was awesome. Uh, so that there was that. Um, I've got to say, I don't, yes, Riddle got a win over Wharton, but nothing they are doing when it comes to their presentation of Riddle is setting him up to be a star. Yeah. Nothing. I agree. First of all, Orton saying he doesn't know the guy's name, that is not helping that riddle. No. It's making him look like he he's not making an impression and that he's not important. And then, okay, he beats Orton, but he got lucky. Mm-hmm. And he, he's basically losing most weeks. And now he's being presented as someone who shouldn't be good enough to beat Randy Orton. Yeah. They're, they're not setting him up to be a star. Everything they're doing is setting him up for failure and there's nothing he can do about it. Cause it's in the booking. Yeah. Uh, again, uh, he's, he's extremely, and again, I like riddle. He's extremely talented. Uh, they need to be pushing him to the moon and he oversells other than well, that. I like him. Yeah. Um, but hey, overselling eh, sometimes can be very hilarious. Um, <laughs> it's better than no selling. That's I'll, true. I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't want him to go full Hogan versus Michaels, but <laughs> right, <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, so uh, hopefully they can course correct that. Um, <laughs> but let's uh, kind of place it to the next thing. Let's say we had a, a women's tag match. We had Shayna Baszler and Nia Jax taking on oh who could it be oh let's uh, you know there's like one two other tag teams on freaking raw so we get uh naomi and lana a match we have seen for like three months straight (laughs) even more than that because then you take into account all the table spots (laughs) it's like oh my god um and what happened in this match (laughs) Shayna loses again. Again. Again, Shayna loses. What are you doing, WWE? A year ago, she was challenging Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania. I oh my God. Yeah. And now she just seemed now the the one silver lining. The one silver lining is the backstage promo after the match where she says she starts to blame Nia. Yeah. If you're going to split them up and let her go singles and then push her the way she needs to be pushed, I am all for it. Yeah. Whatever gets us there. Yeah. But I, I, I'm just, it, it, it hurts to see that they've totally destroyed her credibility from a year ago. Yep. Absolutely destroyed. Yep. She is no longer the monster. Yeah. That, that she truly is. Yes. She legitimately. <laughs> Is an was an MMA fighter and a good one. 
Yeah. It's like, oh, come on. She could probably legitimately take most anyone on the roster, male or female. Probably. Yeah. yeah. She locked one of those chokeholds in for real. You're mm-hmm. passing out and you ain't got a choice. So she uh, has credibility. She has real life credibility and, and Vince just doesn't care about it. Yeah. But yeah. So yeah, we're beating a dead horse on that one. Uh, yeah. Fix your booking WWE, please. God treat these women as equals and, and give them the spots that they deserve and the time that they need. That was, that was another thing. Let's, let's go back to SmackDown. That match was two minutes. Yeah. Hashtag give women time. Yeah. Yeah. Jesus. Anyway, um, we get off the soapbox of that. Let's move on to, uh, of course, you know, we needed some questions answered. We had uh, the attack from Mason T-Bar on Drew McIntyre at the end of the show last week um, with MVP out on the stage. It's like, okay, what's going on? So McIntyre comes out. MVP then comes out, and he's like, they are in no way affiliated. Mason T-Bar in no way affiliated with the Hurt Business, blah, blah, blah. And then Mason T-Bar... <laughs> attack again uh then drew wants the match later uh and pierce is like gotta have a tag team partner says i don't care so we get to the match and uh ends up that braun comes down and helps and well there's a dq dq or a count out and then they make it a tag match and or whatever and teddy long wasn't there he needed to be but it would have helped um but then something very shocking happened i mean the shock of the century T-Bar and Mace are unmasked, and we found out, unbelievably, that it's Dominic Dijakovic and Dio <laughs> Who, Who knew? Thought? Yeah. Who knew? <laughs> but thank God. Thank God that the masks are gone, hopefully for good. Yeah. Let's call them by the real names. Let there be a swerve where MVP is like, yeah, no, retribution ain't a thing. Mace and T-Bar ain't part of the Hurt Business, but Dio Madden and Dominic Dijakovic are. Yeah, let them come out in suits, looking all fly. It could work. It could. I think that could work. And you get to put get them over, um, without and try to and distancing them from retribution. Mm-hmm. So I think that would be great. Um, and Dominic has real personality too. I yes. don't know if you follow him on Twitter, but I think if they let him talk, he he could really make something out of himself. Yeah. So hopefully we're gearing up for that opportunity for him. And I'm not and, saying Dio Madden couldn't. I don't know. I, I really. I, I yeah, I'm just unfamiliar with that know. side yeah. of his, right. his work. So hopefully. And I know that Dominic could. Yeah. Yes. Um, and especially like, you put him with the Hurt Business and then you get the hopefully very soon returning Keith Lee. You've got built-in story there yeah. to build on the Hurt Business where he doesn't have to go after Lashley off the bat. Yeah. He can work his way through the hurt business, and Dominic Dijakovic could be the mini boss. So. Yeah. Um, and I know what some of you are thinking. We've heard Dio Madden talk. He was a commentator on Raw. Yes, but that's different from yes. cutting promos. And yes. and I, I'm I'm talking about from a character perspective. Yes. I, I'm. Yeah. I don't know what he has to bring or doesn't, but give him give him a chance and let's see. Yeah, I mean he's decent in the ring. He's got great physique. Mm-hmm. you know great build and can be kind of a monster so he's big big yeah, guy he, he's a bigger big than i realized yeah um 
but uh, yeah, so hopefully good things coming for them. Um, then let's move to the women, um, which uh, Charlotte, of course, came out again, kind of expanded on that promo that she cut last week. Um, you know, that she's just kind of embracing the heel, that she is the opportunity. She is everything there. And she's got her match against Asuka. And of course, uh, Rhea Ripley comes out. And she's like, yeah, you, you want you need to be at ringside so you can take notes and see what's going to happen, what real, you know, real women's champion can do and and all this. And Oscar comes out, calls her a bitch, which I thought was hilarious because mm-hmm. <laughs> it was, you know, I'm talking. No, Oscar, I'm talking. I'm talking. Shut up. You <laughs> it's like so great. Yeah. Love that. Um, get to the match. and we, we get a decent match here between Charlotte and Oscar, which you expect. Mm-hmm. Um, they've worked very well together in the past. Um, and we get to, you know, she's kind of softening up the legs some chop blocks here and there. And then she gets her into the figure eight and Rhea Ripley has been kind of just circling ringside, watching what's going on. And she bridges up in the, the figure eight. And that's when Rhea pulls her arms out from under, her, uh, and, uh, then kind of distracts Charlotte. And then Oscar gets her in the what kind of crucifix kind of him. Uh, it was either that or La Maestral. I'm not sure which yeah, one it was. Something yeah. like that. Uh, and gets the one, two, three. Um, and then Charlotte goes nuts after the match and attacks the ref and puts a beat down on him. Good lord. Yeah. Uh, beats the ever living tar out of him. Other refs come out and you know this is how we went off the air was was her, you know, still kind of wailing on him. Uh, then we get breaking news on Raw Talk um, mm-hmm. that she has been fined a hundred thousand dollars and is indefinitely suspended. So we'll now, see you next Monday, Charlotte. Yeah, it's like God. I mean, I, <laughs> and I'm not saying I don't want to see Charlotte, but please, right. God, don't let this be like oh the one week suspension. Oh, I'm now back or whatever because the WWE needs me. You know, and I'm I'm sure they could write it in there. It would suck the way they write it. And that's I'm thinking it. she'll just show up and attack somebody again, whether it's Oscar or, or Rhea or. Well, see, or <laughs> what I want is her to show up with a ticket and be the one live person in the audience. <laughs> Where'd she buy it? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. Oh, I bought my ticket for the show. How? No one's <laughs> yeah. here. Or you know what? They weren't on you, sale. If you really want to sell it good, sell her as being one of the faces in the front row watching from the thunderdome oh mm-hmm. and then she still attacks somebody in the back kind of thing yeah like I, I, that that at least would be an interesting twist yeah that would be something new but it kind of looks like if that's what they're going to do and they're going to kind of immediately bring her back and this isn't some kind of keep her out of the way until after wrestlemania backlash kind of situation um because she is supposed to she is got that show that she was cast in the walking mm-hmm. tall series. Yeah. And you can tell she's kind of slimmed down. Yep. Her look is a little different now. She did recently have COVID. So that could have played into that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of times when you see these wrestlers kind of slim down, it's usually for a role mm-hmm. or something outside of the ring. So maybe that's what this is, is just the kayfabe, get her off TV for a few weeks. She's going to go film wrap up and then it puts her back in the mix after the suspension after backlash 
Mm-hmm. So it could be. either one could be, or it could be working to a triple threat that we kind of thought we might have got a mania anyway. So maybe we'll get mm-hmm. it in backlash. So who knows? Who knows what's going on with this? No, but my big issue, Oscar's the face. Mm-hmm. She shouldn't be needing help to get the win. True. See, the way I would have done it, Charlotte's the heel. So when the ref isn't looking, have Charlotte do something nefarious, that puts her in the position to get the figure eight on. Then Rhea pulls the arms out to even the odds. So you still get the Rhea spot, but it doesn't make Asuka look like she can't beat Charlotte. True. And I I see where you're coming from. I think the mitigating uh, circumstances in this is that Charlotte attacked them both last week. And this was Rhea not necessarily helping Asuka, but hurting Charlotte. Yeah, but still it it boils down to, it looks like Asuka would have lost if Rhea hadn't done what she did. Which weakens Oscar. True. It's not. It's to, to me. It's not Rhea's intentions. It's about what does it tell us about the people in the match, and what it True. tells us is that Charlotte just spent an entire promo segment reminding Oscar that she ended her streak and that she beat her at WrestleMania and that Oscar can't beat her and this and that. And then the heel goes out and basically backs that up over the face who had an undefeated streak that went on for like two years. Mm-hmm and should have a level of credibility where she shouldn't she should at least beat charlotte 50 percent of the time without help yeah and we haven't seen her be able to do that yet and so it just makes it look like oscar's not on charlotte's level and we need people to be on charlotte's level not everybody yeah but somebody and oscar oscar should be one of those people and so i think the way that that match was booked didn't do much for Asuka. You're, and again, I, I completely see where you're coming from on that. I, I mean, I guess, and again, not defending it, but WWE's mentality is a win's a win, regardless yeah. of how it happens. But yeah, so no, I agree. Asuka should be booked and, and viewed in a much stronger light than what yeah. she is. Um, yeah. But yeah. But again, we alluded to at the top of the show, where is our truth Where is the 24-7 champion? What is going on? We, so weird. Like, we haven't seen any reports about this or anything. The only thing we got was those kind of that, the, the, the right guard, not right guard, Old Spice, Old Spice commercials. Yeah, but he's not oh. been on Raw Talk. He's not been on Raw. There's been no 24-7 activity. What's going on with this? Yeah. Um. So, yeah, very interesting. Don't know what's going on there. Hopefully everything's okay again. Yeah. We love our truth That man is comedy gold and a national treasure. Um, I miss him. Yeah. A lot of times when people go away for weeks, I'm like, oh, well, eventually they'll be back. I'm not asking where they are. And unless they're one of my favorites, I don't necessarily miss them. But, like, I miss our truth especially on Raw Talk. Yes. He's great. Uh, I mean, even just the occasional little two minute segment in the back, even if it's mm-hmm. not, you know, the, the title changing hands, just him doing the R truth, ridiculous stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, hopefully you're okay out there. Truth. Uh, come back soon, man. Uh, we want to see you on TV. Um, yeah. we know you're listening. We know you're listening, dude. <laughs> <laughs> um, cause Hey, I know little Jimmy subscribes, so I know you listening. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for us. What's uh, what's one thing you loved? 
from this past. I, <laughs> I loved on this past Monday's Raw, Sheamus <laughs> is is out there shouting yes. about people wanting to take his real gold. And I swear, I thought he was about to break into a Lucky Charms commercial. <laughs> so you want to take me gold, do you? <laughs> you get living. your hands off me, Lucky Charms. <laughs> <laughs> I, it was just, oh, it was perfect. Um, I, I, I laughed and I, I had trouble stopping because I just kept picturing him in a Lucky Charms commercial shouting about people trying to take his gold. And uh, by the way, Lucky Charms, they're magically delicious. They are. They are. I did it, Tim. I got us money. You did. Hey, boom, boom. Instant advertising right there. There it is. Um, I'm a Captain Crunch man myself. But uh, stop it. Hey, peanut butter crunch, man. That's where it's at. Uh, But yeah, one thing I love, this is uh, this is more or less just something I got to finally watch this week and was just captivated by it, which was the life and crimes of New Jack. Uh, oh. from dark side of the ring that was a crazy episode. i have because i unfortunately <laughs> have not got to see a lot of the dark side of the ring episodes yeah and a couple of them were on youtube and i and i just clicked on that one and man stabbed a dude in the middle of the ring in the middle of the ring. and the re- the live reaction video from Cornette watching it for the first time is funny and just horrifying yeah i oh man i i was stunned and it it takes a lot for stuff in the wrestling world to really super resonate and hit you sometimes Mm -hmm. and this one instantly just had me like i just i was taken aback i just couldn't believe it yeah because i mean i'd seen stuff about i didn't heard about the mass transit incident and all these things that happened and that he had stabbed somebody in the ring but almost anecdotally in stories that they talk about new Jack in, in brief stuff that they've talked about, like in the ECW documentaries and stuff. Um, and even beyond the mat, but this was just a new level, just crazy. Yeah. But I, I love that something gave me that feeling, even though it was very dark <laughs> as it is the dark <laughs> yes. side of the ring. But, yes. um, but yeah, uh, I'm very excited. I'm going to found there's a few other episodes. I'm going to finally get to catch up on. I do want to, to catch up on that show it's a great series you should definitely yes. watch what you can um yeah the next one i have uh, up for me is the brawl for all episode oh okay i want, oh, to, okay. I want okay. to see that and then the owen hart it's not one. as heavy yeah <laughs> the owen hart one i know is going to be heavy so i'm trying to yeah. palate cleanse a little bit in between mm. yeah. <laughs> um but yeah but that's our show everybody hope you enjoyed it uh thanks for tuning in again uh, big things coming big changes again uh may 7th our first show that we debut on friday but we've got plenty of content coming before that at our regular time uh if you want to reach out to us let us know what you liked what you didn't uh please do so you can find us at plus wrestlecast that's p-l-u-s wrestlecast on twitter you can find me at timothy k you can find steven at bizarro doom you can even look us up on facebook and uh, like and join the page at positively wrestling and uh that's it man reach out let us know what's going on we love you guys thanks again for all the listens and and all the support and we will talk to you next week right here on positively wrestling